Thank you for tuning into the New Covenant Life Christian Church podcast, where we are loving God and loving his people. It's all about him. Our focus is spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and advancing his kingdom in the earth. Now, let's join Pastor Pete Pierce for today's life-changing word. While you're ready to get into the word, amen, we'll stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and turn to the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 is what I'm going to be reading from. So turn to your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever you have. Go to Luke, chapter 11, verse number 1 and 2 is what I'm going to be reading from. Amen? Are you there? Amen. Amen. And it says this, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Now, that's been our foundational text for this, this teaching we've been having for the last couple of weeks. But we're going to use a couple of more supporting scriptures to talk about what we want to talk about on today. Amen. So turn into your Bible, turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 33, verse number three. I'm going to be reading this from the King James Version. Jeremiah 33, verse three. Are you there? Almost, praise the Lord. Amen. I know, man. We listen. We're gonna have a paper Bible day one day. I got some glasses now. I can, <laughs> I can wear my I can wear my glasses, Amen. So I can see them words, Amen. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah thirty-three and three. You ready? Yeah. It says, "Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things." Which thou, which thou knowest not. Amen. Now one more, one more scripture. Turn to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. And I'm going to be reading verses 8 through 11. But I'm going to be reading this from the New Living Translation. Amen. Isaiah 55. 8 through 11 in New Living Translation. And it reads like this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Verse 10, it says, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. The King James said, he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Amen, basically. Verse number 11, it says, it is the same, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. Amen, somebody say it always produces fruit. Now you may recognize how the King James version says it. It reads, and it will not return unto me void. Amen. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Father, we bless you on today. We magnify you, God. We see you bigger than any situation, any circumstance that we may be dealing with or going through. We trust you as the great teacher. Now, Holy Spirit, we need you today. 
to guide us, to lead us. I need you to share this word to your people, God, and they, they need you, God, to have this word to be sealed in their heart. God, we want to be doers of your word and not hearers only, God. Continue to be with us. Father, we love you today. Can do absolutely nothing without you. It's in the matchless name of your son, Jesus, that we do pray and all the people of God shout it. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated in the presence of our life-changing king. Amen. For a subject today, continuing on what we've been teaching in the last several weeks, today our subject is answered prayer. Amen. Somebody say answered prayer. Answered prayer. So for just a quick review, we're going to go back kind of in succession from last week going back to the first couple of weeks that we talked about. And just kind of give you a, a brief overview we talked about. So last week we came out of Luke chapter 18, verse number 1. What Jesus was saying, he said, men ought to always pray. So last week we talked about having a lifestyle of prayer. Amen. So prayer should not be something that you just do as a 911 response when something is going wrong. Come on, somebody. It should be a lifestyle. Amen. And then the week prior to that, we came out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, where Paul was talking and telling this young church. And um, he said, always be joyful. He said, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He was encouraging this young church to never stop praying. Amen. Jesus said we ought to always pray. Paul was encouraging them, listen, never, ever stop praying. Amen. And then we, we went on, and, and um, the week prior to that, we came out of John 4, 14 and 4. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh to the Father except by me. One of the things we wanted to bring out there is, when we were doing that particular teaching, is we started talking about prayer, but what we really wanted to hinge on, and even from our foundational text, is all about the person of prayer. Amen? It's not that you just pray. It's about the person of prayer. So in John chapter 16, verse 23, write this down. I don't think I gave you this one before. John chapter 16, verse 23 from the King James Version. And it says, In that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So Jesus is telling them, listen, I'm going to be gone. Now, what you need to do, though, is to talk to your daddy. But you got to go through me. Amen, somebody. So it's all about the person of prayer. So even in our foundational text, when we, what we consider the model prayer, it's, it's in Luke and it's also in Matthew. He says this. He says, when you pray, say, our Father. Right? Which out in heaven. So he was telling them that your prayer should be relational. And I'm not going to go back to deal with all that, but that was, that was significant when he told them, our Father. Because up until that point, Jesus would always talk about the Father or my Father. But now he's telling them, when you pray, say our Father. So that means when we pray, it's relational. Amen. You have a relationship with the one that you're praying to. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen, somebody. Because it's not like this. You know, I, I say this all the time. I'm all, keep on saying it. You know, people, we, we get these cliches in the world or we do, do certain things where people say, well, when I'm going to be praying for you, you know, our prayer, I'm sending out prayers for you. And our response should be sometimes, if you don't know that, person, well, praise the Lord, man. You know Jesus Christ? Well, um, uh, uh, really, well, who are you praying to? 
Because if you pray into the universe, you can just, hey, that's okay. Don't even waste your time. Amen, somebody. If you pray into Allah, right? I understand that's the name for God, but my God has a son. Come on, somebody. If your God don't have a son, you ain't got to worry about praying to him. Amen. So prayer is also hands on the person of prayer. If the one you pray to doesn't have the ability to answer your prayers, don't even worry. But don't even waste it. God bless you. Well, matter of fact, let me introduce you to my father. Let me introduce you to somebody that he's the one that actually created the universe. You talking about you praying to the universe? What about the one who created the universe? Let me tell you about him. Come on, somebody. So the universe can't do nothing for you. So it's all about the person of our prayer. Amen. We pray to the Father through Jesus Christ. Now today we're going to be talking about answered prayers. Amen. Even some of the prayers that Fanny was praying this morning, she blessed me because she was all up in my notes. Amen. We're talking about answered prayers. Right? One of the things I want to continue to reiterate is even when God answers your prayer, and you notice that it's an answered prayer, your response to answered prayer should not be just because you prayed, it's because who you prayed to. So an answered prayer should have a response of thanksgiving. Right, because oftentimes what we'll do is when God answers our prayer, our first response will be, is because I prayed. Take, it, take the emphasis off of you. Because prayer is still all about him. It's all about the person of prayer. You, listen, we have to pray. Jesus said we men ought to always pray. We know we got to pray, but when he answers your prayer, don't you take no credit. You thank him for, 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 for answering your prayer. Of course, now, when, when you're telling people what happened, say, well, how did that happen? Say, man, I prayed for it, and I thank my God that he, he answered my prayer. Amen. But do you see the revelation of a difference that I'm getting to? Be careful not to take his glory in your response, even when it deals with others. Because what happens is others will get to the place where if their prayers are not answered right away, they think they're doing something wrong. Do you hear what I'm saying? No, it's all about the prayer. He's still a person of prayer. Amen. Somebody say it's all about him. It's all about him. Well, have you heard this one? This one right here now. I'm going to be dealing with some sacred cows on today. Amen. So how about this one? Have you ever heard, and now, now don't take me wrong. I'm going to kind of make this where you really understand it. That when you pray to God, you have to be specific. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's important to be specific. Right? Yes, sir. What if I was to tell you you can't be specific? Because you don't know what specific is in that particular situation. Only thing you want to do is pray to him. And, okay, let me go to in your Bibles. <laughs> because listen to this. Prayer doesn't inform God. It invites God. Write that down somewhere. Prayer doesn't inform God. It invites God. Do you hear what I'm saying? So in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24, I want you to turn there. I, I listen, I know, listen, when we pray now, what I'm saying is you tell God what you want, man. You tell him what you need. God, I thank you that, you know, whatever it is you, you need, you need it, right? 
That's what you need. So don't be afraid to talk to God and tell him exactly what you want. Now, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is don't, don't get caught up in your specificity of what you're praying for. Right? So in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24, New Living Translation, I'm sorry, this is what I'm reading from. It says, be, it says, I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. He knows what you need even before you ask him. Come on, somebody. You understand? So he knows. So what I'm saying is don't put the pressure on you. Because don't put the pressure on you because you're saying, well, man, I should have. Okay, how about this little example? You said you're asking the Lord for a car. Right? God provides you a car, but it's not a red car. <laughs> you should say, man, I should have been specific. I should have asked the Lord for a red car. Right? So you tell me. That if you asked him for a red car and he gave you a blue car, then your prayer wasn't answered. He know what you have need of even before you ask. Come on, somebody. Amen. Philippians 4, chapter, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, King James. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It's a very, very you know, familiar passage of scripture for most of us who have been saved for a while. It says this. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And what's the next words? Let your, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In verse number six, it says, let your request be made known. Amen. It's what you're asking for. It's a request. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So talk to God. Tell him exactly what you need. But listen, God knows what you need before you even ask. He still wants you to ask. You still got to come to him. You, you still, now we're talking about answer prayer, right? Talking about answer prayer. Amen. God will always answer certain prayers. Right? God will always answer prayers of forgiveness. Always. He'll always answer prayers of forgiveness. Because in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, just jot it down. For the sake of time, I'm just going to kind of, kind of read it to you. It says, if you confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will always forgive you when you ask him. A prayer of forgiveness is always answered. It's always answered. Amen. So you can, don't listen, don't beat yourself. Therefore, there's no condemnation. Right? Don't condemn yourself if you've, you've done something or you, you're going through a situation and you're asking the Lord to forgive you. You've got to know in that moment, as soon as you ask, he says, I forgive you. As far as east, the east is to the west, man. I don't even know what you're talking about. Matter of fact, because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, he forgave you then. All right, Listen, he covered all your sins, both, both past, present, and future. He's already forgiven you. Come on, somebody. So don't put yourself in a place of condemnation thinking that the Lord has not forgiven you. Anytime you ask, you, ask him to forgive you, he has forgiven you. 
Now people, now that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Even when you ask a person for forgiveness, God takes care of that too. You've done your part. Amen. And then the next one, we're talking about a, a, a prayer, one of the prayers that the, God, the Lord will always answer is the prayer of a sinner. Romans 10 and 9, we all know this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. I'm sorry, believe in thy heart um, that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. A sinner, someone who doesn't know the Lord, if they ask him to come into their heart, he's going to always answer that prayer. Amen. That's the prayer, the sinner's prayer. Amen. He hears them. That's the only one he's listening for, for a non-believer. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? That's the one that he, because what that does, when, when they pray that prayer, it now, it, it, it snatches them out of the world and put them into a kingdom. Now, anytime they talk to him, if they learn what his word says, then he's listening to them. Until that point happens, until that time happens, he don't hear a word they say. I know that sounds kind of hard. If they, listen, if you ain't in the family, he can't hear you. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. He can't hear you if you're not in the family. We're talking about what? Answered prayers. Prayer, listen, listen, jot this down somewhere. Prayer is a process to be trusted, not a ransom to be demanded. Do you hear what I'm saying? Prayer is a process to be trusted, not a ransom to be demanded. What do you, what do you mean? You can't hold the Lord hostage with your prayers. Amen. Well, God, if you, I won't. No, you can't hold him hostage. Talking about for an answered prayer, prayer has a process. Come on, somebody. I know sometimes we want to do that, and we've all probably been kind of guilty of that. You know, God, if you don't, you know, if you don't, what you mean if I don't? <laughs> right? We can't hold him hostage. Amen. We can't have, it's not a ransom to be demanded. So because in Proverbs, um, chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, prayer is a process. Somebody say prayer is a process. Prayer is a process to be trusted. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Yes. We have to trust the process of prayer. Yes. Amen, somebody. Amen. That's the vehicle that he's created for us to communicate with him. And the prayers that we have to have have to be hinged by faith. Come on now. Faith, prayers of faith. That's how they have to work. Your prayer has to be hinged and undergirded by faith. Amen, somebody. So we have to trust him with all our heart. Lean out to our own understanding because here's the thing. Remember I asked this question, what if God answered every prayer that you've ever asked him the way you wanted it to be answered? What kind of shape do you think you'll be in? Oh. Right? <laughs> Would probably be a mess. Toe up from the flow up. Amen. 
But the, during the process of prayer, we have to know that God, we can be confident when we pray, when we're in the family. Amen. First John 5, 14 and 15 says this, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, right, he hears us. Now, we told you before that his will is, is, is in his word. So if we ask anything according to his what? He, he hears us. Now, verse 15 says this, and we know that if he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. Once again, though, I want to reiterate this. God answers the prayers that are according to his will. So you can't ask the Lord for another man's wife. You can't ask the Lord for somebody else's. You can't covet. Their stuff. Amen. Or their gifting, their anointing. No, man. God made you you. Before he made you, the Bible says he knew you and he ordained you to be. Ask God to bless you for who you be. Not who your neighbor be. Amen, somebody. You can't pray for what your neighbor be. He just wants you to be who you be. <laughs> that was tore up, wasn't it? But y'all y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I be talking about. Amen. Right? So you have to pray according to his will. That's the thing, man. You know what I'm saying? We've all done it. We've all done it. In the name of the claimant, you know, we went through the faith movement and, you know, God Almighty, sometimes, man, we'll just miss the whole, miss the whole message. We was in, you know, we was in parking lots and we, you know, we name it and claim it and we be laying holes on Lamborghinis. And you can't hollow a pinto and you, you talking, man. What we talking about today? We talking about answered prayers. Amen. Answer prayers. <laughs> he knows what we need before we, we need it. Amen. Amen. Now, here's the thing about answer prayers, though. Answer prayer may not look like what we think it should look like. So, remember, I just asked you if God had answered every prayer the way you wanted it to, how would you? It, ooh, Lord. So, answer prayer may not always look like what you think it should look like. Right? The, the answer to your prayer may come to your obedience and his instructions. Mm. Yeah. It may come through the obedience of his instructions because prayer is a communication. Remember, prayer is not always you talking. Come on now. So we get to the place where we, we come to God and we ask him, ask him for certain things and we're, we're thanking him for certain things and we're talking to him about certain things and we, you, you know the conversation is going and he's ready for you to just, you got, we got to get to the place where you let him talk. So you go to him in prayer and you're telling him what you need and telling him what you want and telling him what you would like and, and it's according to his will, then you stop and listen. So a whole a part of prayer is not just you talking. It's you listening. Amen. Because in you listening is where he's going to give you your answers. Amen. Right? Yeah. So you go to God and you praying for, the, you know, when you, you praying for increase. Father, I thank you that I, you, because you need it right now. You need some increase. Right, you praying to the Lord for increase. God, I thank you for just giving me increase. And you in your intimate time with prayer, you, you can be in your prayer closet. And then you stop to listen. 
And he's going to tell you what you need is not increase. What you need is discipline. That's what he says as soon as you be quiet. What, what, you, what, what you need is not increase. What you need is discipline to pay off those debts that you got. Because if you were to wipe away the debt that you have, you'll find out that you're actually living in abundance. So what you need is not more money, you need more discipline. Listen, <laughs> so when you go to the mall, you ain't got to buy everything that's, come on somebody. And then when you, then when you go to sit down and reconcile and do your bills, you pray to him for increase. And he's telling you, no, you need discipline. Oh, I love, I, I listened to, the, to one of the messages that Elder Garfield taught to you a couple of weeks ago. He was dealing with healing. Amen. So you're praying God for your healing. And in certain situations, your healing has already been manifested if you would just listen to the doctor and do what he told you to do. It's through your discipline is where your healing is. Because there's something greater than a miracle. There's something greater than a miracle. Guess what it's called? Discipline. Listening to the Lord. He don't, want you to, he don't want you to be in a place where you always need a miracle. How about if you just listen and obey? Something greater than a miracle. Hallelujah. We're going to preach that one day. Amen. Remember Apostle President preached that? Oh, something greater than a miracle. So sometimes the answers to your prayers will not always come the way you think they're going to come. I remember I saw this session where T.D. Jakes was talking to um, um, Stephen Furtick. And he made this statement. And I, I, was, I was in my time of study the other day, and it came back to my mind. Where sometimes God would you know, answer your prayer in different situations. He's listening. For you. When you stop and listen to him, he's giving you instructions. So T.D. Jake said this. He said, God never gave man a chair. Man needed a chair, right? On the inside of him, he needed a chair. But he never gave him a chair. You know what he gave him? A tree. So here's the thing when you pray about certain things, they may not come in the way that you think they're going to come. The answer may come in wisdom. Uh, and James it says this, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth liberally and abradeth not. Well, asking God, you know, is, if you need wisdom, ask him in prayer how to do it. And he'll give you the wisdom of how to do what you need. And your prayer can come through your obedience to listening to what he said. Amen. So I love that illustration. You praying for a chair. And God said, I gave you a tree. Right. You praying for a chair. He said, I gave you a tree. So you stop and listen. Mm -hmm. Then the wisdom comes. God give me wisdom how to get a chair. He said, okay. You cut it down. Blah, blah. Now, I give you all the instructions on how to get it. The end result is answered prayer. But it didn't come the way you thought it was going to come. It came through listening and being obedient to the wisdom that he gives you. So answered prayer is not always poof. Right? It's listening to him. Because sometimes, how many know that your prayers can be intertwangled with other people's prayers? All right. All right, now. right? 
Amen. So when we get to the place where we want to, we want to ask him to give us wisdom to get involved into your answered prayer. How many know that sometimes, man, you will be, your hands will be all over your answered prayer and you don't even know it. Amen. Right? There's a time of development prior to the answered prayer. Did you hear that? There's a time of development prior to your prayers being answered. So he may take you through the process, right? I'm saying there's a, prayer, there's a process through prayer. So can I tell you a little war story again? Okay, I'm doing pretty good with my time. Praise the Lord. Here's a little war story about how prayer works. So um, I'm asking my father for a, uh, a basketball goal. You know, I'm in, the, I'm in the city. You know, I'm living in Detroit. And... Um, you know, we wanted, I wanted the basketball goal. Because, you know, sometimes we would go from house to house. And, uh, you know, sometimes we go to the park or whatever. Uh, kids actually played outside back then. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm being messy now. So, uh, so I asked my father for a basketball goal. Now, one of the, even a sidebar to that, you know, you know how kids, you know, you come to your father or your parents and you ask them for certain things and you just don't get them right away. For me, man, my, my father, for us, almost any, almost anything we would ask him for, we would almost get. But here's the thing. We never got it when we wanted it. And we never got exactly what we wanted. So as, as I was, you know, once I got older, once I got older, and this is just a sidebar, I'm going to get back to my, my, you know, what I'm trying to get to. As I got older, I, I talked to my father about that. And he said, you know, um, I said, but you really kind of taught us some things in those moments. He said, well, that wasn't necessarily my intent. He said, the problem was I couldn't afford what you asked for at the moment. I wanted, I wanted to give it to you. You're my child. You're my kid. You're you my son. Y'all my children. I wanted to give it to you because, you know, you're doing halfway decent. <laughs> hey, man, you ain't that crazy. You're kind of crazy, but you ain't that crazy. So he said, I wanted to give it to you, but I couldn't give it to you when you wanted it because I didn't have it. And his answer most of the time would be, we'll see. We'll see. Right? But what it was doing for me as a child, I didn't, didn't even know it. It was teaching me patience. Because I trusted my father. He said, we'll see. Right? And, and man, I'm telling you, most of the time it would happen. I remember the time that I asked him for a bike. Now I'm 10 speed. So, you know, I, I never, I got one bike in my life. One. The rest of the time, we put our bikes together. <laughs> You know, back on the block, man. Yo, man, you got this, I got We put our bikes together. But I always wanted a 10-speed. Finally, my father got it one. one I, I, I don't know where I'm, I don't know why, but y'all all right. I would bring the paper to him. That's when we used to have the paper. Yeah. <laughs> now y'all bringing iPads to your parents. I bring the paper, show them the sales paper. This bike is on sale. You know, we'll see. <laughs> One day, man, he rolled me out to Kmart and got me a test speed. It wasn't the one I wanted, <laughs> amen. But it was a bike I was having. You, you couldn't have told me nothing, man. You could have told me it's like he got me a swing. Some of y'all know what swings are, amen. That was off brand, but it was my bike. When I got back to the block, I was riding it proudly. Come on, somebody. Now, getting back to my story. So I talked about that. I said, listen, you know, hey, daddy, can we get a, a basketball goal in the backyard? Because our backyard was big enough to be able to put a basketball goal in the backyard. Because I thought, you know, I hoop a little bit back then. Amen. We'll see. So check this out. He would come home from work. And he, would ha he, he, he was working on things in the backyard, this, this thing. And he would say, you know, come, 
come out here and help me. So I would come help him. So he brought a tire home and uh, he put this tire there and then he, he brought this big pole. We had a friend of his, bought a, had a truck, had a big old pole and bought it. And this is over a period of time. He bought this pole, he took the tire and he had a garbage can and he filled the garbage can with cement and I'm out here with him, helping him, you know. Filled the garbage can with cement and, you know, and stuck the pole in the cement. The whole time, I'm out here spending time with my father, helping him, not knowing what I'm helping. I'm, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm like, what's this? He's like, don't worry about it, just, just help me. I just need your help. Amen. So he put this thing together, put the pole in there, Kim, and you know, and I'm like, what in the, what is this? <laughs> then one day he comes home after work and he has this basketball goal part and he attaches it to the pole. And man, I almost lost my mind. <laughs> and check this out. Not only that, man, once we got it up, Man, all the kids will come to my, come, everybody on the block will come to my backyard to play. You see what I'm saying? Because he said, listen, he said, I didn't want you all over the place. I wanted to do something to bring you home. But here's the thing. I asked my daddy for a basketball goal, and my, my part of it was helping him. I was in the work, and I didn't even know, man. Faith without works is dead, and some of you don't even know that you're working on it. I was actually helping him with the answer to my prayer. Yes. God will put you in positions where you actually put your hands to something and it's really the answer to your prayer. Yes. The key is be obedient and listen and learn what you have to learn going through the process. Yes. So once it was done, I had a greater appreciation yes. for what was there. Listen, if God gave you everything when you wanted it, man, you wouldn't even appreciate him no more. He knows that. So he'll take you through different processes. Amen. So when the end results come there, you know you can't do nothing but give God the glory. And man, my friends will come over and say, man, where'd you get this from? My daddy built that. Come on, somebody. So when God gives you those things that you've been asking him for, do your response is not going to be something that you did. You can tell him that your daddy did it. Amen. Everything that you have, man, that your daddy did it. He was the one who answered those prayers. You know why? Because he wants you to have it. He wants you to have it. Somebody say he wants you to have it. Our last example, amen, and we're going to get ready to close here, is, is in John chapter 11. Go to John chapter 11. I'm going to see if I can get my, see if I can get my musicians to play that long. That's a long time. <laughs> see what I could do here. Y'all all right? Amen. So just remember, man, there's a time of development prior to the answered prayer. When you, when you, when you, when you pray for, for, for certain things, man, God will take you through different periods and different times. And he's, but, but the thing is, just keep asking. Just like Fanny prayed earlier, the Bible says to knock and keep knocking, to ask and keep asking. And, man, keep praying, to pray without ceasing. Always talk to your God. But I want to encourage you, when you talk to him, pause and listen. Find out what his response is. 
See what he's saying to you. Amen, somebody. Because our prayer is even in everything that we do in this church, I'm saying, God, I want open doors that no man can close and close doors that no man can open. Even us, if we keep pulling the door and it's not supposed to open, keep it closed. Amen, somebody. That's what it is. He'll do that because he loves you. So in, in, in John chapter 11, I'm going to kind of go through this story. Most of us know this story. This is the story of of Lazarus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So I want you to kind of skim through. You, you, are you turned there to chapter 11? Yeah. So as I go through this, I'm going to pull out certain points of certain things in the script. It's pretty lengthy, so I'm not going to necessarily read the whole thing. Amen. Y'all all right with that? Yeah. Amen. So st stick with me. Amen. Hold on. Somebody say, hold on. Hold on. So this is talking about when Jesus had found out that Lazarus had died or he was dealing with a situation. And verse number four, it says this, Jesus said this, this, so I want you to kind of, you're gonna skim your Bible and pick out what I'm talking about, right? So chapter, I mean, verse number four says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. This is what he's telling his disciples when they heard about Lazarus. Verse number five says, now Jesus told, Jesus, Jesus loved Mary, Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. Jesus loved him, them. They were his friends, right? And the Bible says that he found out he was sick. He told him earlier that the sickness is not unto death, but he stayed where he was. The Bible says he abode two days, still in the same place where he was. This is after he found out his friend that he loved was sick. But he knew he wasn't going to die. Verse number seven, it says, Then after that, he said to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. Now, in verse number eight, uh, um, they, they were like, Master, are you sure we want to go back to that region? Because they tried to stone us the last time we were there. Right? That's in verse number eight. <laughs> then Jesus goes on in verse number 11. I'm dropping down to verse number 11. He says, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. So here's his disciples' response in verse number 12. His disciples said, oh, okay, Lord, if he sleepeth, then he should do well. Jesus is like, you just don't get it. He's like, you don't get it. So verse number 14, he said, just, he said plainly, I love how I put there. Says, then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> Amen. He says, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Come on, somebody. Do you hear what he's saying? So you know that his, his sisters and stuff prayed for him, and even the disciples, because they knew him too. But then when they heard where they were sick, you know that they petitioned for him to be healed. So Jesus is saying the same thing to them. I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent that you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. So he said, that's something I'm going to teach you in this. Amen. Verse number, I'm going out to verse number 17. Well, I, now let me, 16, you know Thomas, man. Thomas was crazy. You know, Thomas was like, look, okay, I guess we're going to go there and die too. Because he, they were trying to kill him in that region. <laughs> I love how the Bible gets thick some humor in there sometimes. He's tempted to say, okay, okay, Lord, we're going to go down there. I guess we're going to go die too. Get Lazarus dead, they're going to kill us when we get there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically what he was saying, right? 
So verse number 17, when Jesus came and found that, that um, verse number 17, it says, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had been laying in the grave for how many days? Four days. Four days already. And when they, when they were, what Jesus then was, was in Bethany, verse number 18. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs. That's about a mile, a little over a mile and a half. That's where they were. And it says, many of the Jews came to, to Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning their brother. Verse 20 says, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out to meet him, but Mary sat still in the house. Verse 21, Martha's approaching Jesus. If thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 22, but I know that even now that, that, that whosoever thou wilt ask God, God will give it to them. They still understood that Jesus had this relationship. They were like, listen, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But now that you're here, I know something's going to happen. Then Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. And she gives the religious answer just like we do sometimes. Martha said unto him, I know, I know that he shall, he shall rise again in the resurrection in the last day. The religious answer. Jesus, listen, what did you pray for? Were you praying for him to be healed? Believing is healing. Until I say it's over. Until God says it's over, it ain't over. So now she gives the religious answer. Amen. And then Jesus responds in verse 25. He said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whatsoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. She, he said, believeth thou this? Go ahead now. Do you believe what I'm telling you? That listen, if you believe in me, you're already resurrected. You'll never die. Amen. Do you believe that? He's asking her, you believe that? <laughs> I love it. Verse number 27, it says, she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou, the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Mm -hmm. Religious answer, right? Then it moves on down. Let's move on down to verse 30. Now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, Mary, <coughs> they rose up hastily and went out. They were nosy and followed her, amen, saying, she goeth into the grave to weep there. So you, they, they call themselves going there to comfort her, but I think they were just really trying to be nosy. Right. Verse number 32 says, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, weeping, which came unto her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. One of, another translation said he was angry and was troubled in his spirit. In verse 34, and he said, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And ver a famous, 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 famous verse of scripture, verse 35, the Bible says what? Jesus wept. Well, you know, and I, I, when you look at why he wept, there's so many different reasons. He, one of the reasons is he wept because he was a man of compassion, because he, he was sorrowful because his friends were sorrowful. Another reason that, that, that we believe that why he wept, he, man, he could not stand death. 
He didn't, man, because he knew that he was, he knew that soon and very soon, he was going to have to go through something. And that's one of the reasons why most, some theologians or whatever think that he, he wept too, because this was the last thing that happened before he would have to do what he had to do for us on the cross. He knew that after this, he's going to set his face to Jerusalem like a flint. It was, his, the crucifixion was near. His death was coming. Then in verse 36, says, then, then, then said Jesus to the Jews, Behold, he loved them. So now the Jews see Jesus weeping. They see his humanity, his, his compassion, and their response was, man, he really loved him. He really loved Lazarus. And, and verse 37, and some of them said, could not this, listen to us sometimes, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have, have caused them, I mean, cause, has caused that even this man should not die? Remember when I said you can't hold the Lord ransom? You can't hold him hostage. Let him do what he's supposed to do. He said, this man that opened blind eyes, could he not, he didn't even have the power to, to, heal, his, to, to, to heal his friend. But he loved him so much. You see how we are sometimes. Right. Amen, somebody. Verse number 38, 38, I'm bringing it to a close. And Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, got angry, coming to the grave. And it was a cave, and a stone was laid, a stone was laid upon it. And Jesus taketh away, Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. Mm, mm, mm. And he has been dead because he has been dead four days. <laughs> What's in your life that's thinking right now? That you've been praying to God about? Amen, somebody. Verse 40, Jesus said unto her, um, Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that thou, if thou wouldest believe it, that thou shouldest see the glory of God? He said, remember, remember when we were talking earlier? I asked you, did you believe? I know, I know the boy, I know he's, I know he's dead. I know he's been in there for four days. Don't you know, but remember when I asked you, do you believe? Didn't I tell you that I'm the resurrection? And you said you believe then. But now when you're going through, the question is, do you believe? When there's stuff in your life that's sinking around you and you've been praying about it, are you still going to believe him? Through the stench? Do you, do you still believe that he can bring him to life? That thing what you're dealing with, do you believe that he can change it? Yeah, he can do it. Oh. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that thou heard me. Amen, somebody. That you already, he was thanking him that he already heard him. And in verse 42 it says, And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of these people, which standeth by, I said it to him, that, it may be, that they, they may believe that thou hast sent me. He thanked them in advance, but he said, This is not for me, it's for them. And when thus he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. One thing too that, 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 I, that the Lord showed me in this, the Lord knows exactly what's dead in your life. 
he knows it. Now, here's where the specificity, you know, to be specific comes in. He knows. You may not know, but when you pray to him, he's going to call that thing by name. Lazarus, come forth. And we know the rest of the story. Lazarus comes out of the grave still bound. He's still bound with the grave clothes. And then he told the others to get involved in what you prayed about. Now you go over there and loose him and let him go. God is going to use the hands and the fingers of this church, I believe, to help loose some people and let them go. Listen, he's already, he's already called them from the dead, but they still got grave clothes on. And he's going to use the hands of people. He's going to say, go to them and loose them with love. Just embrace them. Loose them and let them go. Give them the word and let them go. Do you think that God himself could have just made all the stuff fall off? If he raised him from the dead, surely he could have got rid of his death clothes. But that's not what he did. So sometimes, man, there's a process in prayer. He, he waited because he knew. Now, then the Bible goes on to say that after this particular event, a lot of other people, several of the other people believed. They believed. Remember, delay does not mean denial in your life. When you ask God for something, man, he hears you. And if you ask according to his will and his word, he hears you when he prays, when you pray. If there's some things that's in your life that you said, man, it's, it's been in this, I've been dealing with this for so long. He know what it smell like. But then he's going to do you or me like he did Martha. He said, remember when we were talking back there? And you were trying to get religious on me? Because you believed in healing. Yeah, you believed in healing until you got sick. Right? So all of us go through this sometimes. We believe in something until we're the one that's stricken with it. We believe God for someone else's healing, but when it comes to us, come on now, you're in a place where something is dead and sticking in your life. Can you, even through the stench, believe God? Because he's going to say, remember... Remember that you are the healing is the children's bread. He's going to remind you, remember, this sickness is not unto death. He's telling you this. So when you're going through the, through the times where you're, you know, you just know you can't recover, just remember you're going through the process of prayer. And thank him just like he did his father. God, I thank you that you heard me. So now that, listen, when you deliver me, it's going to be a testimony to others yeah. that you are the true yeah. and living God. Yeah. You are Jehovah Rapha. Yeah. You are Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. You are Jehovah Shalom. You're my peace. Yeah. You are everything that I need. Yeah. So don't ever get, listen, we got to be a praying church. Yeah. Jesus himself said, my house yeah. shall be called a house of what? Prayer. Of prayer. So think about answered prayers are not always going to look like what you think they're going to look like. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we bless you today.
We thank you even now that you're answering our prayers. Everyone here, God, has some specific need, certain things that they're dealing with and they're going through. But because you're such an awesome God, you can answer all of our prayers simultaneously. When we pray, God, give us the wisdom to pause and to talk to you and to listen, to get your instructions. And when you answer our prayers, God, give us the, the, give us the ability, Holy Spirit, to recognize that this is an answered prayer. And when we recognize, God, that you've answered our prayer, our next response is, God, I thank you. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we give you all the glory. We magnify you on today. God, while, while heads are bowed and eyes are still closed, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to give your life to the Lord, listen, we're going to tell you exactly what you need to do. After we dismiss, just come up to the front and we want to pray with you. If you need a church home or need a place to, to, to learn and to grow, amen, we are living, we're, we're having our services in a tent. We ain't got everything that we want to have right now, but we've already prayed and we're thanking our Father in advance for facility for everything that we need to give him glory. As long as his presence is here, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Hallelujah. You may be in a backslidden condition. You want to say, Lord, I want to get myself, get myself right back with you. Listen, one thing about the Lord, the Bible says he's married to the backslider. Amen. You may walk away from him, but he's never left you. He'll never leave you. He'll never, never forsake you. He'll be with you until the very end. So you want to say, I just want to get, get it right again. I want to get myself back into a body of believers. Get back into church. And if you want to answer any one of those three calls, those appeals, after we close, just come forward. Come to the front. And someone will meet you there and tell you what we need to do. Father, we thank you. We bless you for what you're doing today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we access in your son Jesus' name. And the people of God shout it. Amen. Amen. You may go ahead and get your offerings together. Thank you for spending time listening to the Word of God. We pray that today's message has fallen on good ground and will produce a 30, 60, or even 100-fold harvest in your life. Don't forget to join us next week. Be sure to subscribe to the New Covenant Life Christian Church podcast and click share to share with friends and family because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you and have a safe and prosperous week.